for the best in high school sports. RC Sportscast. Welcome to the RC Sportscasting Podcast, Football Coaches Corner Edition. This is week three of the 2023 season as we are live from Wings Etc. here in Niles to talk to our three area coaches from Brandywine, Niles, and Buchanan. And let's go to the scoreboard from Friday night as we actually had our first, well, technically second Friday Night Lights, first official as uh, we'll go to the scoreboard from Friday night. At Brandywine, Saugatuck defeated the Bobcats 21-6 to make the Bobcats fall to 1-2 on the season. Niles Vikings, they rebound from that heartbreaking loss to Lakeshore in Week 2 in big fashion as they host Three Rivers and they destroy the Wildcats. Niles wins 56-8. We'll talk to Coach Shaw here in just a moment about that game. And how about the Buchanan Bucks? They improved to 2-1. They lost their season opener against Saugatuck, and now they've won two straight. They went up to Hope College and played Kent City and defeated Kent City by the score of 23-8. Edwardsburg gets their first win of the season. Congratulations to Coach Purley as they blank Plainwell 28-0. And Cassopolis, they end a near two-year losing streak as they defeat Comstock 14-6. So congrats to the Rangers on a much, much needed win for that football program over in Cassopolis. How about the Dwajak Chieftains? They are 3-0. They route Coloma 55-12. It was Muskegon Catholic Central squeaking by Benton Harbor 18-14. And Berrien Springs in a defensive battle defeats Watervliet 14-13. So those are our scores from Friday night. And as we said, Niles got a big win after a tough loss in week two against Lakeshore. They route Three Rivers at Niles Stadium 56-8. And joining me now is the head coach of the Niles Vikings, Scott Shaw. Coach, congratulations on the win. And uh, I had to feel pretty damn good. Oh, it was good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. It's uh, uh, always win to, always good to win. It's always good to win uh, at home. And it's always, I guess, good to win against teams that uh, – uh, used to coach for so I guess um, we talked on the phone we did an interview over the phone uh, last week because with the heat and everything you had practice early I guess my first question is is how was how was your kids's demeanor and and work ethic and the, just their attitude last week in practice coming off that I mean how were they Monday at practice oh they were great they were great Monday they were great Tuesday uh you know, really all week. You know, the great thing about kids is, and this is what we tell them, uh, their memory is short. You know, when, when the regular season allows you to do that. Uh, you know, if you, if you were unsuccessful on Friday, then Saturday you can turn the page and, you know, and move on. And uh, I think our kids did a great job of that. They did a great job of focusing on three rivers. And, uh, you know, execution uh, on offense and defense both were uh, exceptional, I think. You've kind of got a little bit, well, I wouldn't want to call it a rivalry, but this is the third time inside of a calendar year that you've played Three Rivers because yeah. obviously you played them uh, in the regular season last year, then you had them in the opening round of the playoffs, and now again. So very familiar with, I mean, you of all people, there's nobody more familiar with the Wildcats than you with your history there, obviously winning a state championship as our coach back in 2003. And we talked about that uh, in, in week one. But we'll, we'll just kind of go back of, of just the emotion for you personally, you know, seeing the purple and silver. That, that's got to mean a little extra something to you. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, there were, like I said, I think there, I counted five or six kids that their dads played for me. And some of their coaches are still still there that played for me. And, uh, you know, I don't know Chris, the, the new guy, uh, very well. But, uh, uh, you know, seeing those guys uh, reminds me that, uh, you know, how successful they were. Uh, when they played for me, uh, or how maybe successfully made me uh, because they did play for me, so uh, which is probably closer to being the truth. But uh, it's it's fun seeing those guys and uh, you know seeing the, these kids grow up, and uh, it kind of makes you wonder, like if I were still there, what what it would be like coaching a kid of a of a kid that played for me. So uh, I've never been in that situation before, but uh, uh, it would have been interesting. It was an emotional week. 
last week for the Niles community as, as we lost a, a very dear member in, in John Brawley who passed away a, a literally a week ago tonight. Um, obviously his son Danny, former head coach and now part of your staff. A very emotional week, um, and I think that added a little extra something to go in there on Friday night. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of them kids, you know, out of respect to Coach Danny, uh, were playing for his dad. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I, uh, Dan was uh, – I, I know it was really hard for him. Uh, last week was really hard for him. You know, he uh, – he still came to practice. He did what he had to do for his family and, and had to do what he had to do for us as well. And I know that was very difficult for him. Uh, uh, you know, we told him that he could take, uh, you know, take the week, uh, and he really didn't want to. So uh, I, I think he knew his dad wouldn't allow that. Right. He wouldn't want him. To, that would have probably would have ticked him off more than yeah. anything on, on John if, if, if Danny would have done that. And I saw we were over there Wednesday for the middle school scrimmage, and you guys were coming off the, after your practice. And I got to see Danny and give him a hug, and, you know, he was in very good spirits. And, um, but, yeah, just, just a, an, an emotional week. And his funeral was yesterday. Um, almost the entire town was there. It was just a, a beautiful ceremony and really more of a celebration of John's life and a tribute to him. Right. Right. And uh, but still, just you know, he, he John was a diehard Viking, and and I, I said it in our, in the pregame of the broadcast as we obviously um, broadcasted the game as well last Friday night. But uh, just want to take my final you know t- thoughts to you know to express our you know thoughts and prayers to the entire Brawley family and and so many of their clo- not just their family, but they have so many dear friends that are very that are like family to them. So our thoughts and prayers are are out to them going through this time because it's been probably a little bit of a shock and all and now it'll kind of it'll kind of set in a little bit so if you see any of the brawlies out there please please give them a hug so um going back to the games scott uh some of the players that stood obviously had to have a lot of standouts going 56 points again for the second time in three weeks you know you've you've put over 50 points on the board that's impressive well i think uh you know defensively i just saw that it um on you know you never know what you read on social media but i just saw that we were uh we lead in the area with points given up now that is uh unusual because uh you know our past defense has been suspect over over the course of the year or so but uh jaden ivory uh, last week, uh, kind of fixed that a little bit. He uh, got two picks and returned them both for touchdowns, and uh, uh, helped our defense, uh, you know, scoring average and all that stuff. And uh, really, when you do that, and then you can stop them on three, three and outs, uh, and then they punt to you. And I think they only crossed half field uh, or midfield maybe once, uh, and we had all pretty good starting positions. Uh, you know, our, our field position was pretty good. Uh, so, you know, it, it, defensively, we I mean, I, I've been really impressed with the way we run to the ball. Uh, you know, we get kids there quick, and, and we are – we play fast uh, defensively. And offensively, we play we play physical. And uh, those are two attributes that are uh, really uh, – have, have suited us well, and we've combined really well. And I, th- I think up to this point, you know, and I'm knocking on wood, has made us – have made us pretty good so far. We, we just talked about with Coach Danny being emotional. It was obviously a very emotional week for your quarterback, too, and Talon, because John was his grandpa. Yeah. So it was, you know, a, a, a tough week for, for Talon. And obviously scoring 56 points, a kid had, had probably had a pretty damn good game. Well, he did. He really did. He scored twice. He, runs, he ran the offense uh, uh, very, very well. You know, he, he, he does anyway. And, uh, you know, he, he just makes great decisions. And uh, he is – he is – what we're what we're writing now you know he's everything uh, probably at least 50 to 75 percent of our offense is decision made uh when the ball hits his hands so uh uh you know three things are going to happen and uh you know either he's going to get it fullback's going to get it or you know one of the wingbacks are going to get it so uh or end up with it anyway uh you know and he, he has put himself in a position to make uh, great decisions there and and our kids uh you know they love playing with him because he very seldom makes a wrong read. Uh, so if you know if you like getting the rock when you're open and have running room instead of getting uh, uh, you know blindsided uh, upside the head with a wrong read, then you know you're gonna like playing with him. So uh, 
you know, he's he's just and he's a great leader. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't he's not a vocal leader, but uh, uh, you know his his he's always got the same demeanor now, and it, and it's really. I get tickled to death when when he gets excited because I know that it's it's for real. It's a real right. emotion for but him. He, but being that too, I mean, sometimes you want to see a little fire, but then at the same time, it's a blessing because then when things go array, you kind of have that calmness. And I think yep. Talon's that kind of guy that when thing, that's the kind of leadership you want when when you start facing adversity and not somebody just gets overworked and. Yeah. and you know, basically, you know, ticked off yeah. and let their emotions get the best of them. Well, you know, that old saying about, uh, you know, walk softly and carry a big stick. Uh, when he speaks, uh, he, he doesn't he doesn't talk much. But when he does, I mean, everybody listens. He gets everybody that from his. Listens, well, yeah. that's, that sounds just like his father. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's Danny in a nutshell. I mean. Uh, Danny's kind of a quiet guy himself, but when when he wants to speak, you know, he will yeah. speak his mind, and normally he is dead on, and 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 people listen. So, um, how how did our like with Hess and Rucker? I mean, how do you go about? I mean, when you look at so many weapons that you have as as a head coach or, or an offensive play caller, how do you how does that all? fit in to try to spread the wealth, I guess, if well, you say. Because sometimes that's that's I, not as easy yeah. as you think it is. Having this that many weapons to go to, but to actually get them all utilized, yeah. it's, it's easier said than done. There are, there are certain plays that we have that are run a certain way. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how, quite how to explain it. In other words, I don't I don't sit down and game plan, okay, I want Sam to have this many, right. uh, Julian to have this many, Paul to have this many. Uh what we do is we, we sit down and, you know, we, we look at schemes. And obviously, you know, you do with any offense. Schematically, how can we succeed? Right. And uh, when you get those things broken down, it's, it's, uh, those guys are where they are. Sometimes they're better to the right. Sometimes they're better to the left. I mean, we have certain plays that we run real well to the left. We have certain plays that we have run that we run real well to the right, and well, uh, well, and also too. I mean, putting my coaching hat on too. It all depends on on the defensive scheme you're going against, right. and with the right. def, with the offense that you run. I mean, just one person of whether having a nose tackle or not really dictates. You know, yep. that's the first thing that that just kind of starts everything off for you is you know whether you're facing an odd or an even front. Yeah, and I I'd say right now we've played three games and we we've, we've seen. Three junk defenses, uh, you know. They're not they're not your typical you know types of uh, alignments and things like that. They uh, they're trying to stop one thing or the other. I mean, the other night we saw five down linemen and four linebackers, and uh, they were all within six yards of the line of scrimmage. And you know, it, it, if you take the nice thing about our kids and and what we're running right now, if they take one thing away, they gave up something else, and. Uh, so far, we've been able to take advantage of what they've given up. And, you know, even with Lakeshore, uh, you know, we were able to hammer the ball into an area that, uh, you know, when we simplified in the second half and just ran, you know, simple plays, we were able to move the line of scrimmage five and six yards at a time. So, you know, those, and we tell our kids, you got to believe those are good football plays. Those are excellent football plays. Getting four yards is, is a great football play. And then, you know, then we'll get the big one. You know, we got to get these, and then we'll get the big one. And uh, it's worked out worked out well so far. How did JV do last week, Coach? Uh, they got beat pretty bad. Uh, they played better, I thought. Uh, Three Rivers has a pretty good JV team uh, that was around last year. A lot of them played on JV again last year, and they got the same, same coach and Jeff Awe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're getting better. They're getting better. They're, they're – uh, if you, if you stop in fairness to them, you know, when they say, oh, our JVs are bad, they're bad, we've got six of those or seven or eight of them playing on Fridays with us. Right. Uh, you put those kids down there and they don't lose a game. I mean, and it's not even close. So, uh, uh, you know, that's what you have to temper it with. And we've been that way for two years and we're still that way. So, uh, you know, the, 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 our kids are going to play. They know that. And what we're doing now is we're developing a little bit of numbers and depth and things like that with kids down there that uh, aren't really getting the time up up uh, on the varsity. And we're kind of splitting time. 
uh, you know, you, with that five-quarter rule, that's kind of kind of a cool thing because kid can play three quarters on a JV and still have two quarters left right. with us. So uh, that gives them, in the, well, out now two out of three games, we've needed those kids in the second half uh, of these, you know, when we score 50-some points and you're in the running clock, you want to get some of your guys out and, uh, and save them for next week. Are you – with your JV kids, when they see a lot of the varsity time, is it more on regular defense or offense, or is it more on special teams? Well, uh, and I guess where I'm going with is that I really, really wish that Michigan would get aboard with the Indiana where, you know, basically special teams don't right, count. You can right. have a JV kid play every single special teams snap that you've got, kick, and they kick do. return, and, they do. and then yeah. still be fully eligible. Yeah. Um, for their JV contest, yeah. but it's they keep saying it like, oh yeah, well maybe next year, maybe next year, and you know here we are now three years into this, yeah. and, and still it's the same. So yeah. well, you know, and it's and it's hard because that kid, you know, in other words, if he goes in on one kickoff, he's given up a quarter, right? In in in, in Michigan here, so you might as well uh, utilize him yeah. then for the whatever you can. Well, see, in Indiana, Indiana's a different duck anyway. You know, they couldn't control the basketball coaches and stuff like that during the summer. So they just, <laughs> instead of uh, tightening the rules, they just said no rules. And, uh, you know, they, they get, football gets 15 uh, practices in shells uh, during the summer, seven uh, contests and things like that. So when their practice starts, they've actually been practicing for, you know, uh, three weeks, four weeks. So uh, that's, uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, Michigan, I'd say Michigan's a little bit behind. Uh, in that aspect, hopefully we can get the summer stuff going and, and um, get that all rounded up. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. So you wrapped week three up with a big win over Three Rivers. And now, uh, now you, you're road dogs for the next two weeks, starting this week as you travel to Otsego. What can we see out of Otsego? What, what are we? Well, they're better. Uh, you know, the record's not saying that they're better. And uh, you know, Scott McDougal is the new coach there. He played for me at Granville when I was at Granville. Uh, then he was uh, an assistant up at Northern Michigan. So, and then went to Elkhart uh, and uh, then left and, and came back uh, back up here. We'll see. I mean, they're, they're better. They, again, they play a junk defense, uh, which, uh, you know, is what we see now nowadays. So, uh, but, uh, uh you know, offensively, their they, they, they're, they're sophomore class is their strong class, so, uh, uh, and, and it's ours too. So uh, we look for a good game, but, I, I you know, I think uh, we're going up there with the intent of winning, you know, not certainly not uh, not coming home unhappy on the bus. So. We had an interesting conversation before we, we started the podcast in that we were talking about today's weather, you know, and I said, oh, it's football weather. And I never really thought about this, but you made the comment of, you know, obviously now with the new field turf, I guess my initial thought would have been like during a day like this where it's just kind of we get a little greasy, but you said that really that this field turf is great, oh, yeah. that the traction, you know, is, is absolutely fabulous in this oh, kind yeah. of weather. And I, that kind of surprises me, but I, I guess that's a, a great question to ask is how this, you know, with, with so many schools going to this natural turf, um, or artificial turf, and how it is under these slick conditions like you had today. Yeah, you know, it's fantastic because uh, we've, so far, whenever it's rained, we've not had a bad practice. Now, you know, I, I say that, but the balls still get wet, but everything, footing-wise, is still there. So everything's still fast. You know, and I like to practice fast, so uh, we do everything as fast as we can in practice and go from one spot to the other, and, you know, you're not slopping and slushing through mud and wet grass and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think uh, it's been a big benefit, and I think teams for a long time who have had turf uh, probably practiced better longer than teams like us who have never had turf until this year. So, Well, Coach, the best of luck to you. I know you've got a, a, some loaded fries there here at Wing, so there I'm going to let you, before they get too cold, I'm going to let you go so you can enjoy your dinner. Um, and a little chit-chat here with Coach Kinsey during the quick little break. And uh, we look forward. Best of luck to you once again. Um, and another thing, before I let you go, I was very um, we know we ex excited to announce that last week we started covering your games live along with Brandywines. Andy, and Andy Stuver and Bob Birch, both Niles graduates, did a fabulous job. And uh, we had a great listenership, a great turn. I was kind of, 
you know, with, with two different networks going, I didn't really want it to be a battle. And, um, you know, but I thought, you know what, let's, you know, people can yeah. listen yeah. to whoever they want. It's a freedom of, of, of ears, I should say. Right. And um, so, you know, Andy and Bob really wanted to do this. I'm, I was not going to, to prevent them from happening. So did a great job, had a great turnout for the audience, and uh, we look forward to, to broadcasting all your games yeah, from here I, on I out. I met them both after the game last week, and uh, uh, happy to have them. Great, great. Uh. Professor Bob's, he, he's a dire. And honestly, if you ever want anybody to come talk to the team, just as from a somewhat of a motivational, Bob's a great speaker. Yeah. Bob is a great guy, so if you ever needed a little, especially if you want to have him talk to your linemen and stuff, Bob's a, he was an outstanding lineman for Niles back in the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, he's just he's a, he's a good speaker. He really, yeah. and I know he, he really likes that, so keep that in your back pocket. All right, all right, and we, we have these guys come in uh, from time to time, and I'm always looking for them, so yep. I'll hit him Bob, up Friday night. Bob would love to do that. Yeah, good, yep. good. Thanks again, Coach. Best of luck to you. We'll see you next Monday. Thank you very much. You bet. Scott Shaw, the head coach of the Niles Vikings. We'll take a quick break, hear from our good friends here. We're live at Wings, et cetera, and we'll come back, and we will talk to Brandywine coach Justin Kinsey right here on Coach's Corner Football Edition on the RC Sportscasting Podcast. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. And we are back live here at Wings Etc. for Coach's Corner. Big shout out to Jeremy and all of his staff here taking good care of us along with everybody else here. It's pretty much a packed house. Of course, they're probably getting ready for some Monday night football, um, which is obviously not much of a better venue to watch any football game than right here. I mean, they've only got about 1,700 TVs in here, so... Um, just a perfect place to watch football and drink a couple Diet Pepsis. Joining me now is Brandywine football coach Justin Kinsey. And, uh, Coach, gosh darn it, we got to talk about another tough one as the Bobcats had their home opener on Friday night to a, a very physical Saugatuck team, a team that we defeated last year yep. um, in a big second-half performance by the Bobcats last year. Um, but Friday night... We just said, I think it was like a death by a million paper cuts. With so, I mean, you got to got to tip your hat to to the Trailblazers now. I want to keep calling them the Indians, but you know that's not allowed anymore. And on yeah. any state, but uh, twenty-one to six, um, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, like you said, we just uh, we couldn't defense just could not get off the field. Um, you know, I, I think that we did some things really well. Uh, looking back, looking at the film, you know, there's a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I think that we we were able to run our triple against them really well. Um, I think we had a pretty good game plan going in, but again, like they did such a great job that that offense is that offense is so difficult to 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 really kind of go out and play against. Um, I know I'm looking; they had two of their backs went for over a hundred yards, um, including the quarterback who did a great job for for them. Um, yeah, it was it was just it was tough, um, you know. So we ended up. You know, again, I, I looking back, I, I wish we would have been able to hang our hat on our traditional triple option stuff a little bit more. But you know, when there's eight minutes left on the clock and we're down two scores, if you know, I, I show up and start running triple, the fans are going to be burning me in effigy. Um, it, I had to kind of go down swinging and at least take some shots. And we are just we're, you know, we we do a really good job in the short game. Uh, you know, both of our quarterbacks now we did get Kevin back, um, so both of our quarterbacks are really dynamic passers. They're really good rolling out, really good out of the pocket. Uh, but we are just we're not a team that's built for you know taking 35, 45 yard shots downfield. Um, yeah, it was it, it was humbling for sure. Definitely a humbling experience. Coach, I think two two things really stick out to me that I think that were were huge factors in the game and the outcome the first was in that I believe second quarter um you tried to do the little uh halfback pass with Roberts yep. and, and we get called for intentional grounding which I thought was a bogus call to begin with yeah but I mean that just 
that really was a deflate. I mean, it, right with the time of it and. It just, I thought that really killed momentum. Yeah, and I mean, we were in the middle of a great drive. Um, we really did. Between the scoring drive and then that, we had two really fantastic drives. But then with the intentional grounding, I mean, it really, it's funny. You could go out there and throw a punch, and it's less damaging to your team than an intentional grounding because you lose 10 yards and you lose the down. And again, that's one of those situations where I know people were, were up in arms. Like, listen, so... Coaching-wise, this is a coach mistake because it is, that yes, the intentional grounding rule has been changed in, in high school football, but what happened is in 2023, they the NFHS changed the rule that it only applies to the first person to touch the ball. So it used to be, like if you were last year when they changed it originally, you can run double passes and rocket passes and reverse passes, and the intentional grounding rule is still still applies. Um, but now this year, because in that example, it was a it was a, a double reverse basically, and we threw it off of a rocket pass. And again, as a coach, like that's just one of those things that, you know, we should have said, hey, just FYI, when we run this play, make sure you don't throw it out of bounds. It's just that that's on us. You know, he didn't know any better. He was confused when he saw the flag too. You know, Kevin was like, what 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 is that? It's like, oh. Well, we I was we didn't tell them that, and a lot of the fans didn't know. Yeah, I was confused as well because obviously I I was under the impression that once the quarterback hands the ball off, and then another, you know, I thought maybe then possibly that intentional grounding is out the window once you, you know, it's in the second ball carrier's hands. Obviously, not the case as you explained. Yeah, and it's it, it is it's one of those things that again, like it, it's it's one of those rules. It's kind of like the the rule of first touching. It's one of those rules that so many coaches in so many programs across the United States don't, like, take time teaching the kids, hey, you know, the rule of first touching is, you know, hey, if, 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 it's, a, if it's a kick and the defense touches it, go ahead and scoop it and run because what's the worst that could happen? And then you know, get to a game and the situation arises and you're like, oh, man, I really wish I would have really told him that. And that's as soon as I saw that flag fly out of his pocket, like, I in the moment forgot too. It's like, oh. We didn't tell the kids that this is a rule change this year, and sure enough, it's you know it's not. And he did he, like last year. He we we ran the exact same thing, the exact same situation. I think it was versus parchment, um, and it was the same thing. We literally ran the exact same situation and threw the ball away, and it was it was okay. But yeah, this year it's it's now it's now a rule. Uh, but you know, yeah, it, it stinks. That's on us. That's a coaching thing. And then the other moment, um, which really wasn't actually a, a, an actual moment, but. You go in the locker room, fourteen nothing trailing. Yep. You come out. Um, obviously, a two score game is still well within reach. Yeah. But then, as we said, Songatuck gets the the second half kickoff, and, and we made mention death by a million paper cuts. They just marched it right down the field, but they took their they took their time and yeah. unfortunately punched it into the, not only punched it in the end zone for a touchdown, but by the time. You got the football in your hands for the first time in the second half. There's only four and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, and now you're down by three scores. Yeah, and again, like I said, it's it's it stinks because we were, um, you know, we were uh, at halftime looking at our, our situations, and I mean, I'm I'm even looking like now at the stats uh, today. You know, I mean, Sebeki, our fullback, he was averaging three yards per carry, and we always say, like, that's what we want, three yards per carry. Three plus three plus three is fourth and one, and Coach Kinsey's going for fourth and one anywhere on the field. Um, you know, Warfield was averaging, he had three, uh, 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, I, I mean, we were executing the things we needed to execute. We just, you know, really that, that one drive in the first half killed us because I, I really do believe, I think we had them on their heels, and I think we would have scored until we get to, again, a second and 20. Okay, great. Now I've got 20 yards to go in two plays because I, I can't, you know, if it's, you know, fourth and 15, <laughs> I'm in a tough spot. It's kind of like uh, Justin Fields yesterday, you know, when he starts out and then he does a bootleg on first and 10 and he just gets whacked, and next thing you know, it's second and 21. I mean, that that was the Chicago Bears all yeah. day long yesterday, unfortunately. Oh, no, absolutely, and it does. It throws you off because every time, even as a coach, you have, you know, you're always trying to be three steps ahead. And you always think like, all right, so we're going to run this play. And then if it goes big, then we're going to come back and we're going to hit this play. If it doesn't go big, we're going to, I mean, you kind of have all of this stuff going on in your head. And I've got, you know, Coach Moore is with me helping me call the plays in. And, you know, it, even as soon as I dial the play in, I'm telling him which formation card to get ready. I'm telling him which plays to get called. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, wow, second and 20. Cool. Let me look at my sheet real quick. And I don't see a whole lot of stuff on there for second and 20. Um, 
but it was it was it was just frustrating and it's one of those things that you know even hey win or lose you know you just wish that if we would have had more time in the second half to just run the stuff that we run um yeah it's just it's it is it's definitely a frustrating game again hats off to hats off to Saugatuck it's a really good team I mean obviously they're not they're not three and0 by accident this year it's not like not like we went out and you know got whooped by a, a really bad program we we got beat by a team that was bigger than us that was more physical than us you know they came out with 21 or 22 varsity kids I think and looking at the roster there's one of them that wasn't a junior or a senior meanwhile I'm looking around I've got 145 pound freshmen starting and I've got you know, sophomore linemen. It's like we're we are a we have a lot of seniors, but we are a very very young team at a lot of positions. And it was just, I mean, it, we got we got manhandled. It is hats off to Sagatuck for that. Well, we learned from it. Um, you know, that's what you have to do from any losses. Absolutely, as you learn from it and and correct the mistakes that are that the ones that are correctable. And uh, we move on. And this week, fortunately, we're we're still at home. We got back to back home games for. For our th- two of our, our three games that we get this year, um, but you got but on the flip side you got the Berrien Springs Shamrocks. Yep, coming to town who's just coming off of a fifteen to fourteen win over Water Elite. Really, I, th- I think on paper this looks like this could be one hell of a game come Friday night. Yeah, I think so. And again, watching you know watching what they do, they're definitely. They, they don't have the same, I mean, those two backs just, oh, my God, the, the two seniors they had last year were just unbelievable, unbelievable athletes. Uh, the one That was kid, quite the one-two punch they had. Oh, my God, that one kid, the I think it was number 20, had the quads that were just unbelievable. It's like, oh, my God, like this guy should be in a Greek museum somewhere. Yeah. He's so freaking strong. I remember built. us watching film last year. Yeah. We were just like, we start twitching. Yeah, it was, it was rough. And it, so it's funny because, like, watching them on film, it's like, it, it, it's almost like poetry, man. Like they're they don't look as fast, but it's just everything's kind of like in slow motion, and yeah. the execution is just so crisp. Um, and again, that's just that's a credit to the Bering Springs coaching staff. You know that they 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 had to to kind of go back to basics and sort of you know reset and reload. And it is they are they're an efficient machine. Um, and again, this is one of those that if we don't if we don't put the pieces together, uh, I could see them again. They'll go for five, line up, and run it right again go for five and run it again um yeah so this is again one of those games that we need to we need to do a better job of controlling the clock um i know that's one of the the very first page of my playbook talks about controlling the controllables and that's one of the things that we always say is you know hey they can't score on us when they're on the bench and if we don't put together long drives if we don't shoot you know shoot ourselves in the foot you know same situation week one when we played water elite it was the same situation you know if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot you know, some of those some of those drives turn into 13 play scoring drives, but instead they're you know six or seven plays and then a turnover. Um, so we just we have to be as close to perfect as we can possibly be this week uh, in order to, to, to stand a chance. Because again, it's you know they're a big school, and you know, on on paper football is a numbers game, and you know the the Division four schools aren't supposed to lose to the Division seven schools because they have more kids to choose from, just like the Division one schools aren't supposed to lose to the Division four schools. This is a big school, and if we don't execute perfectly, they'll 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 definitely take it to us, and we've we've got to bring our A game. To hit the rewind button, um, going back to last week's game, even though in a loss, um, what po- I guess what positives did you get out of it, and sp- particularly player wise, one player that stood out to me um, on a positive note was Josh Petrolia on yeah. defense, because I think the the only times that we got a stop of negative yardage, Josh was the one that made it happen. Two, if not three times, he made made the ta- – whatever tackles we did have for negative yardage against Saugatuck, I think Josh was the contributor for it. Yeah, and he's got – I mean, he's, again, just a tough kid. He's got a great motor. Uh, he's, you know, a little undersized as far as football goes, but he certainly doesn't play like it. Um, and what was going on is obviously when they were running that trap at us, um, you know, we were doing our best. They're trying to trap that guard. They're trying to trap our three technique. You know, our, our three technique was wrong arm and it's spilling it, and they were logging him and then trapping the next guy out. And so Petrolia started to kind of pick up on that, and we were able to kind of coach him up. And, again, that's, that's, a, that's a credit to him, just the football smarts that we're able to – I mean, a lot of teams and a lot of staffs, we have to, okay, we're going to draw it up on the sideline. We're going to talk about it in the locker room. Our ability to make adjustments with these guys in the middle of a drive on a third and six while they're out in the middle of the field, it's really a credit to 
uh, to the amount of time that these guys spend in mental preparation. And I agree. I think he had a really, really strong game. Um, yeah, and there's a couple other kids that had really, really, really bright, bright moments. Um, again, as usual, I think our, our two inside linebackers were phenomenal, Joe Frazier and Carter Sebecki. I think Frazier ended with 17 tackles or something like that. Of course, you know, he had 17 tackles because we couldn't get their darn – freaking uh, offense off the field. Um, so I would be okay if he had half of those tackles, but it is what it is. Uh, but I think he did a really good job. Um, I do think, you know, even as far as we talk on the uh, the offensive side of the ball, you know, once again, I think that, you know, Caden Reith did a really good job. He delivered some really, really good balls. He had one pass that was called back on a, uh, on a, on a holding call, but he delivered a pass right into triple coverage as he was getting hit, and it was just a pretty ball. He hit, hit a slant right between two linebackers. Like, it's just it's, it's awesome that we have a kid that, like other teams, you know, you, you want to create a pocket and you want to get a kid back and you want to, you know, let that kid pick a defense apart from the, packet, from the pocket. Um, you know, he's a guy that he's he's almost better when he's rolling out under duress. Uh, but it, he, he had a really good game. I was really happy about that. Um, I know Carter Sebecki, again, like I said, you know, he doesn't have the, the yardage totals that he would. But, again, like, hey, as a fullback, I always joke around, and I always tell him, like, this is what we pay you for, buddy. We pay you to bang out three yards. As long as you're getting three yards, I'm happy, and he did. And, unfortunately, Saugatuck had two of your own – Carter's number 15 and number seven. It was like it was Carter's twins. Yeah, number four was, I imagine if I had three Carter Sebeckis, yeah. one of them was a six-foot-two quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it was the same thing. He was, again, that's they were that was a really, really darn good football team. Um, but, again, I think that that's the that's the shame is, you know, watching the film, you realize, like, oh, like, I mean, there's so many mistakes that even just I as a coach looking back, like, you know, if I would have done this differently, if I would have done that differently, if I wouldn't have called this play. And even, like, I know when we got down big, we started trying to come up with some ways to get the ball downfield. And, you know, we hadn't really had a chance, you know, between Labor Day and everything else, we hadn't really had a chance to work on a lot of our short game. And so we just kind of started throwing our short game together on the sideline in a, uh, uh, you know, in sort of a, you know, under duress, under fire, drawing stuff up in the dirt, for lack of a better term. Um, and then we realized, like, wow, you know, this short game stuff is, is is really sharp. I wish we would have had time to practice this, but you know, we're hey, we're at a normal five day week yeah. now where we get three full days of practice. Everything's normal from now on. Here I on know. out, it's so nice. That is definitely, and again, like no holidays. Uh, Games are on Friday nights. Yeah, all is right in the world now all for is, all you coach. Look, all co- is coach right. Fry's going yes, yes. <laughs> it is, it's so weird again coaching in Indiana for eighteen years. Like it's it's nuts how just like having a Monday Labor Day practice and having to negotiate, like, okay, we're going to go in the morning. People vacations are working. Yeah, and then, like, your your starting guard can't be there in the morning, but your center can't be there in the afternoon, and then you schedule, okay, well, let's do it in the morning, and then all of a sudden the morning shows up and two kids don't show up. Oh, sorry, I slept in. It's it's so hard. Again, like, football is such a sport where you want to have some routine, you want to get the reps, you need the repetition, you need the muscle memory. That's even, I mean, in Michigan, we start before the school year even starts. So you get kids that show up the first day of school, hey, how do I join football? Dude, like we're in week we're, two. Yeah. <laughs> like what do you like, like I mean heck yeah, like here's a helmet, like you get Not your to physical. mention the two weeks of camp prior to the start. Oh, it's exactly and it's wild because we really do. We have to basically we go through all of our stuff in July and then we start in August and it's like we have to redo we have to basically start over and do the exact same stuff. It is it, it is really hard to understate how amazing it's gonna be to just have a normal flipping week of football yep. you know it's 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 huge it's so huge well you get to be at home at the friendly confines of selge field and um you know hey we learn we move on and hopefully this time next week we're talking about um a two and two getting back to 500 at two and two and we'll uh take on the shamrocks we're due we're we are long overdue for a win over barry it, it's been yeah. a minute i'm i'm pretty confident uh this is where I really would love to have my friend Nate Clark, obviously from Nate's Rock, you know, yeah. still alive. If he was still alive today, I would be contacting him, asking him, when is the last time we beat Berrien Springs? And I'm pretty sure it was Jim Myers in the early 2000s, probably my second or third year broadcasting. So 
we are way overdue. Let's get the dub, Coach. Yeah, that's the game plan. And again, like, hey, you know, last time we were at practice today and I looked around and I didn't see anybody wearing green. So what we got to do today is we just had to be better than we were yesterday. We got to be 1-0 against ourselves. And, you know, we'll if we do that for the next four days, Friday will take care of itself. I really do believe that. Thanks for coming down. I'll let you enjoy your dinner now so it won't get cold. And uh, we will see you Friday night. I appreciate it. Thank as you so the, much for having me. Go Cats. As the Bobcats will host Barry and Springs, that game will be live on rcsportscasting.com. Thanks, Coach Kenzie. We'll take a quick break, and we will come back, and we will talk with Coach Mark Fry, the Buchanan Bucks, who got his second win of the season. Bucks now 2-1. and one. We'll talk about their win over Kent City right after this. Live from Wings, etc., the Coach's Corner podcast, Coach's Corner, right here on RC Sportscasting. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. All right, we are back live here at Wings, et cetera, Coach's Corner, as we are in our third and final leg of the show as we're going to be talking Buchanan football as, with Coach Mark Fry as the Bucks get their second back-to-back win. They're now over 500, 2-1 on the season as a, a long road trip up to Calvin College, or Hope College, Hope, Hope College, uh, to take on Kent City, kind of a neutral site as you guys go up there and defeat Kent City by the score of 23-8. to so first off, congratulations, Coach. Hey, thanks. We didn't we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week as you, like Coach Shaw, had to kind of wanted to beat the heat and had a later practice in the evening to deal with that. Obviously, not the case this week, especially today. Yeah, no, we were inside today. So, um, I guess we're hitting the rewind button last week. Um, How did things go? I mean, obviously, it's it's. It was kind of different, obviously. You know, you had to do, as you guys were just talking, dealing with Labor Day um, with, the, with the whole practice schedules and whatnot. And then to top that off for you, you got a long road trip. Yeah, it was a unique experience. Um, you know, playing a team two and a half hours away, it's good to find a neutral site. And thankfully, Hope was gracious enough to let us use their facility. Um, and just a ex- neat experience for the kids too. see like that kind of stadium and how it looks. And they're all like, this feels like it's smaller because it's all enclosed. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, an hour and a half drive is much better than two and a half. Right. Being there at Hope uh, was by chance the Hope, did they have like a home game on Saturday? So that's a great opportunity for both teams because I'm sure – most of their coaching staff probably were there Friday night watching the game. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's good publicity for your kids that are possibly looking to, you know, to play after high school. Yeah, I think we had three actually go up for their, their game the next day. So, a little back and forth for them. But uh, our guys produced, and so they got a nice little look at the Bucks. It's funny. We talked – you guys were talking in our break about the whole getting back to normal. And now this week, finally, where there's no holiday – you get back. How how vital is that to you as well? Oh, I think it's huge. Um, just a routine is is what you need with uh, kids being successful. And so when you're practicing on a Monday night, you know after a holiday, you're kind of sluggish, just going through the motion at times it seems. And then to turn around and be ready to go the next day back to normal, it's kind of hard. So this week getting into school and you know going three to five today to walk through and talk about Ben Harbor, it was pretty good. So let's talk. Give us kind of a rundown on, on Friday night and how it went. Uh, yeah, we got there and, uh, you know, get off the bus. Everyone's kind of do the eye test on everybody. And, you know, okay, they're not as big as they looked on film. And we should be able to do some nice things. And so they got the ball first. And right off the bat, our defense really stepped up and stopped the tee, which, you know, is one of our tougher things for us to do. And so we got the ball back and uh, just put together a nice drive and put it in and then stopped them again. And, I think the defense was only on the field for 13 plays in the first half, so it was a nice first half for us. Second half-wise? Uh, similar. We got the ball back, uh, drove it down, didn't get it in, kicked a field goal, um, stalled out later on, and then uh, in the fourth quarter, when it was 17-0 with four minutes left, our guys did pull up a little bit, which was something we're working on this week is you know finishing the game, don't 
Don't let him in, even though you think you got it won. And then on the last play of the game with seven seconds left, uh, you know, they kicked off to us, and we're in onside hands just to make sure we ground it and get down. And our returner got the ball, and no one ran at him. So he just <laughs> took off and ran it in. And it was, it was a pretty funny experience, but, you know, you're just hoping the other coach doesn't want to slug you after the game. <laughs> so kind of a little bit of a bonus touchdown, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, did we have a JV contest last week against them? Or? Uh, we went against Comstock that night, okay. the night before. And how did that go? Uh, w there, too. So uh, our guys played really hard, got two early touchdowns. I think they were down, you know, by one, and they had two pick sixes in the fourth quarter and brought home the W from Comstock. I guess i got to ask you on the Comstock front because I know they've that program's really been struggling, but, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised that they, no disrespect to them, but they were still able to field a JV team. I mean, do they have the numbers? We were very surprised, too. I mean, they had numbers to play, um, but, you know, we're reaching out, like, to anybody, can we get a JV game? We need a JV game. And they kind of just asked us down the road, and we're like, yeah, we'll absolutely drive up to you. We just want to play. Okay, we got to put you on the spot. Our Red Bud Fitness Buchanan player of the game from Friday night. Who stood out the most? Uh... Can I give it to, like, the offensive line, as a, or do I got to give it to one person? You give it out to whoever you want. I want to give it to the offensive line this week. Um, our backs did a lot of work, and, you know, since I've been here, we've been known to be throwing the ball a lot, and so we rushed for 200 yards, which hasn't happened since I've been here. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for us that's a big deal, and I think we had 43 carries, which is unheard of for us. We usually like to throw the ball quite a bit, and so – for them to grind it out versus a, a talented team who's made the playoffs nine years in a row or something like that um, was a big night, so I want to give that to the offensive line. Well, as I mentioned to you in, in week one, speaking of Red Bud Fitness, um, I see a lot of your players there. You're obviously a, a you know, you, you post a lot, really promote your weight room. You get a lot of the kids. How you get them kids to show up that early in the morning? Because to get a teenager to do anything before 9 a.m. Is, is a miracle, let alone to come in before school and lift. Um, have you had a chance yourself to be to go to Redbud Fitness? I have. Um, our principal's wife works there, so she's given me the tour. It's a great facility. Um, I'm a little too far away to become a member personally just because I have to drive 30 minutes, but uh, I love it. I think our kids definitely utilize it and get a good um, workout in or post-workout in if they didn't get enough done. And I know they definitely utilize, like, the cold tub after a game. That is one thing, I tell you what, that I utilize. I mean, because I'm a member there, and I'm, a big, I'm an avid jogger. Um, and after any long runs, I tell you that it seems intimidating. Um, it's not the most pleasant thing when you first go into the ice bath. It's like 50 degrees, and you think 50 degrees doesn't seem like it's all that cold, but it pretty much feels like, you know, like your legs are going to freeze off. But after about 15, 20 seconds, that shot kind of wears off. But after you sit in the in there for depending on whether you want to go fully submerged or just your legs it's so exhilarating coming out of that yeah that's what all the boys say and you know it's kind of a running joke when you're on the bus from a long game they're like man i'm going to be in there for 30 minutes and no oh, i'm going to be in there for this long right and i'm going all the way down to my neck and she was like oh you guys are crazy yeah it, it is but a great place so kudos to the buchanan offensive line our redbud uh fitness players of the game so coach we look ahead to this week um not an easy task i'm dare i say this might be your toughest test of the year yet not only of who you play but you got to go up to the harbor to play the tigers um like as that's kind of a, i mean it's one thing to have to play them and their athleticism but for some reason even when they've had bad teams it's still hard to win up there i i don't, I don't know what it is but they just they play it at an extra level when they play at home. But I tell you what, they've really got their football program turned around. They're playing. I mean, they obviously they're, they're coming off of a loss, but against a, probably a pretty good. You know, anytime you see Muskegon and Catholic and Central all together, I'm pretty sure that that team they they lost to last week by only four was a pretty solid football team. So yeah, they're doing a great job over there. Coach Sheldon's got them figured out. Um, they play with a lot of passion. They're very physical. Um, they do gamble quite a bit with some pressure and stuff, but, you know, that's that's how you do it. You know, you got to put the squeeze on people. Uh, great quarterback. They run a nice scheme with the air raid. And, you know, we got to find our matchups, and we got to make sure that we got things under control there and, and try to contain the quarterback. He's a great runner and thrower. So he puts another dual-threat athlete out there that, that makes it hard to, to complement and stop. 
another thing, you know, this week as we talked about getting to normal and middle school also starts this week. So, I mean, it's going to be three straight days of football. You'll have um, you'll have your middle school on Wednesday. Who, who do you guys open up with middle school-wise? Uh, Hopkins. Hopkins. And then JV on Thursday, Benton Harbor. Uh, actually, Saugatuck's coming down again. So oh, so, they do, so Benton Harbor does not game. have yeah. – that's weird because they, have se- they both have 7th and 8th grade it, middle school, but – they just got depth issues, I think. Yeah. They got 16 seniors, but, I mean, the rest of those guys below them are all young. So, so this will be your second time for the Jaybirds to take on Saga Tuck, or did you not play them in No, week I one? got canceled week one because of the rescheduling. Oh, that's right. Okay, yep. officials and all that. Yep. Any particular player that stands out from Benton Harbor standpoint that you like watching film that, like, hey, we, we've got to stop number? Oh, yeah, the quarterback's a phenomenal athlete, um, number three. I don't know his name off the top of my head because I don't have a roster, but um, he's a great athlete. Number one's a big, tall kid, can run, you know, so you got to worry about that. And um, defensively, number 50, their Mike linebacker is a physical kid, likes to disrupt things up front. Um, so we're just going to have to make sure that we have our, our communication on the offensive line down and picking up the pressure. Well, Coach, um, best of luck to you. Um, like I said, it's going to be um, a tough test, um, you know, playing Benton Harbor and up there. And then, uh, then of course, then – the week after that will be even more interesting as, as uh, you two well, we might have to put a little more extra distance between you two next week as you guys will prepare to play against each other. There will probably be a lot of general phrases of like, oh, you know, he's, they're doing a great job over there, and, you know, I think it's going to be a great match and keep everything close to the chest. You know, I, you know what, I'll wait. I'll save that for next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because obviously next week we'll be talking about uh, the preview of the Buchanan Brandywine game, which um, I don't care. Yes, I'm a Brandywine guy. I've covered all three of the schools for for 20 plus years, and and I can tell you that there's there's a lot of great rivalries in Southwest Michigan. Um, there's not any. There's equal rivals, but there's not any. I don't think more fierce in between Buchanan and and Brandywine. Along with, you know, you've got Niles Lakeshore, Niles Dewajak, um not now Niles and Edwardsburg a little bit, but uh, you know Buchanan and Brandywine have gone back an awful long time. So um, it's 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 always a special week, and there's a little bit of respect, huge amount of respect between coaches, oh, players, absolutely. players not so much. And of course, the, the the day of social media just adds fuel to the fire. And and I don't know how you guys do that because I, I think especially like next week, I'm taking all my kids' phones and I'm like just. <laughs> locking them up because they they just make things i think worse but anyway that's next week best of luck to you this week against the tigers up at benton harbor appreciate it thank you mark fry the head coach of the buchanan bucks that's going to wrap things up here for week three of coach's corner once again we want to thank everybody here at wings etc as we are doing the show live here at wings and niles come on down great place to watch some football eat some food and have a couple diet pepsis And uh, we'll be back next week for week four as we will talk to all three of our coaches. Once again, Niles will be on the road at Otsego. Brandywine will be hosting Berrien Springs. And Buchanan will be on the road taking on Benton Harbor. Those will be the three games that we will talk to our coaches next week. Until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week right here on RC Sportscasting. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.